This is New England Public Media. The history-making women leading Massachusetts forward get down to work. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is Beacon Hill in 5, our look at the week ahead in politics and government in Massachusetts. As we do most Mondays, we've got Matt Murphy from the Statehouse News Service on the line. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Last week, Governor Mara Healy and Lieutenant Governor Kimberly Driscoll were sworn in, and the process made history as the first Massachusetts all-woman executive office team in state history. In that inaugural speech, Healy laid out ambitious plans for transportation, housing, climate change, and securing federal infrastructure money. Was this just business as usual in a Massachusetts governor's inaugural speech? No, I don't think it was. I think, you know, obviously the historic nature of swearing in of Governor Healy and uh, Lieutenant Governor Driscoll uh, was really the focus of the day. I think a lot of people coming into this uh, inauguration were thinking that they were going to hear Governor Healy reflect on her historic win and speak in sort of aspirational tones about the challenges facing Massachusetts and how she plans to marshal government to meet those challenges. But she did all that, I should say. Uh, you know, a lot of that was in her speech, but she also put a, a lot of specifics on there. And not all of it was new. Of course, some of these things we heard her talk about on the campaign trail, but uh, she did put some definitive timelines and some new ideas on there. We heard her talk about uh, directing uh, her new budget office to identify state-owned land within a year that could be used to build new housing. She talked about funding positions to hire a thousand new MBTA workers to address workforce shortages and performance issues at the T. She talked about investing in climate change and followed that up with signing an executive order the next day, creating uh, her new uh, climate chief. And she talked about the Mass Reconnect program, which we heard her talk about on the campaign trail, but pledging in her first budget to create and fund a program to make community college free for anyone 25 and older who does not yet have a degree. So I think uh, to some degree, we saw her put more specifics on the table than a lot of people were thinking uh, coming into that speech. And it was pretty different from that of neighboring New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, I should note. His inaugural speech last week only highlighted his state's past achievements. He uh, delivered no policy proposals. I thought that was interesting. You know, many lawmakers in attendance at Healy's inaugural uh, seem to embrace those infrastructure initiatives. Could that speech act as, I don't know, a kind of guide for lawmakers in shaping legislation this session? Uh, sure, it could, though, you know, a lot of these details are going to be need to be worked out. I mean, hiring a thousand new employees will require a significant investment. The governor also promising to put someone in charge uh, very quickly of overseeing safety inspections at the T and doing a top to bottom review of that agency. We know the legislature is keenly interested in this. They're going to be working on this and they're going to have to all work together to come up with a plan. Uh, all eyes uh, for now will be on the governor and, and uh, her search for a new uh, general manager to lead the T. And we know this is going to be an ongoing issue for this new administration in the first year and probably beyond and, and not something that's going to have a quick fix and probably not just one fix. I think we're going to see this 
be dealt with o- over the coming years. The House chamber was packed with lawmakers, special guests, press and others. I know you were watching. I was watching. I thought there were some notable points in this ceremony that stood out for me. I was interested in the size and scale of Lieutenant Governor Driscoll's swearing-in Bible as compared to the more petite one that Governor Healy used that apparently was her great-great-grandmother's. Was there anything that you noted at that ceremony? Well, you know, there were some personal touches there, of course. Um, I think it's always interesting to see all of the former governors and uh, members of Congress come to these events. Uh, You know, I noticed up in the balcony, former Attorney General Martha Coakley was there sitting with her former running mate, Steve Kerrigan. Uh, They're sitting together watching this ceremony, perhaps wondering what could have been as Martha Coakley became close to becoming the first female governor of Massachusetts and and watching as Maura Healy achieve that and also broke the so-called curse of attorney generals unable to crack that barrier in Massachusetts. Yet John Kerry and Bill Weld sitting together down uh, on the floor watching this. Of course, they ran their own contentious race against each other for Senate. So uh, these events are always interesting for who they kind of bring together, but it was a pretty celebratory mood. Uh, in the chamber. People were excited about the new beginning. And I think, you know, everyone is starting with high hopes for this new administration and, and looking to see them succeed. And before we lose track of this, Charlie Baker did sign a couple of stacks of bills into law before he left the governor's office. Are there any new laws to take note of among those that passed? You've got about 30 seconds. Yeah, there was a, obviously a stack. A lot of those uh, local bills, but the governor did before he leave. He signed that road safety bill that we've talked about, the one creating uh, new guidelines for drivers to ensure the safety of pedestrians and cyclists on the road, giving them ample clearance when passing them uh, on the shoulder. The governor also signed an expansion of Medicare coverage for postpartum care uh, and also a uh, so-called bill of rights for foster parents. These were just a couple of the bills that made it across the finish line in the, the final day of the session. Matt Murphy is a reporter with the Statehouse News Service in Boston. Matt, thanks as always. Thank you. This is Beacon Hill in 5, our weekly check-in at the Statehouse. You can subscribe to this podcast and others from New England Public Media at our website, nepm.org slash podcast hub. This is New England Public Media. Mm-hmm.